When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Probable. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, April 25th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got some things to talk about today around the business of football, along with a few other things, of course, as we always do. I do want to start out with this, though. Reminder to everybody that is listening, on Thursday evening, starting about 8 p.m. Central Time, we are going to have a live stream. It's us and the Westlot Pirate Boys the, uh, the Northwestern Big Ten blog, uh, or podcast at this point. Uh, but you can find them over at westlotpirates.com. That is their website. We are going to be talking about everything that has to do with the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday night. We're going to have some drinks. We're just going to be talking football for three hours straight, however long it is. And it's going to be a blast. So hopefully everybody will join us live stream over on our YouTube page. So if you're listening, make sure you go over to YouTube and subscribe. If you're watching... You're already here. Just make sure that you set your timer, that you uh, that you follow on Twitter, that you set the notification bell. As a matter of fact, I'll go on and toss that up on the screen. Let everybody know to make sure and subscribe and uh, and like the video, of course, and hit that notification bell. So, live show. Chris, are you excited about it? Yeah, man. No, I'm excited. I, I got to get my studio set back up. So <laughs> it's been torn down for a while while doing some home project crap, but uh, I'm, I'm I am excited. No, this is going to be a lot of fun. We'll uh, we'll talk about some NFL draft stuff, uh, maybe some picks or or whatever towards the end of the show. We got some other topics that we're going to hit first. Hey, uh, did you see my tweet on Friday that I am getting a recliner? <laughs> okay, I missed that. I have never owned a recliner in my adult life. Like my dad always had one when we were growing up, uh, but as I have lived in different locations and whatnot. I've never gotten a recliner. Like, I've always had couches and stuff like that, and I've always had my computer, you know, really nice computer chair that I sit in, but I've never had a recliner to just sit and, and watch games. 
and now I am incredibly excited about this. It's going to be showing up this week. Uh, probably what kind of after. refiner did we get? What are we talking We got a lazy boy with the massager in it. I went above board. I went crazy. I went, uh, I went all in on it uh, because, you know, we got a new sectional for the living room, and I had this long discussion with my wife, and I said, if we are going to get a sectional, I want a recliner for the man cave. And to my surprise, she actually said, okay. Like, she went along with this. And so we, we got the order in and everything. I knew exactly what I wanted, and uh, and it will be here. So I am pumped about this. But uh, but it's never been something that I really wanted to spend money on. I don't spend money on myself very much. So this go round, I said, you know what? Before football season, I want to make sure I've got a recliner to go with all of my TVs and everything else that's in there. And and that is where I'm going to be taking my naps on the weekends and everything else. I am pumped about do this. You think, do you think that's, that's the age we are? Because I've been the same way. I don't spend money on myself. I never really have. And, uh, and, but, but like, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say within the last year, easily, I just kind of said, screw that. If I want something, I'm buying it. Don't care. Yes. Um, and, and, and some things I haven't bought yet, but like, I got my eye on. But you, you know, know you're saying? going to. <laughs> like, I know I'm about to drop a lot of money on something just for me that, that I want. Nobody else in my family cares about it. And it won't benefit anyone else, but it's going to benefit me. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think we are getting to that age. I mean, I, I turned 40 in January. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. Like, I, I've never really needed a recliner. And it's not that I really need one right now. But, man, I am pumped about this thing. Like, yeah, I'm nice so excited. I've got, I've got one. They're really nice. Oh, yeah. Now I've, I've sat in yours. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> and I've always thought nice. it'd be really nice to have this at home so I could just, you know, pop the seat back and, and maybe take a little cat nap. You know, on a on a Sunday right. afternoon or something. Like if I once I work myself to the bone out in the yard or whatever else, I'd like to be able to just come in and, and relax a little bit. So yeah, I got the massager and everything, man. I am I am pumped about this. So <laughs> you yeah, well, I good. figured you would get it, right? Other people have been yeah. like, eh, you know, I don't really get what the big deal is. But you of all people are like, Yes, get the recliner. <laughs> no. Yeah, get the recliner. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So no, it's, I, if I didn't have a dog that I was afraid would tear it up after uh, like this last trip to Disney World where I spent every morning before the family woke up like drinking my coffee and sitting in like uh, like a professional massage chair. Oh, I was, I was strongly trying to figure out where in the house I could put, <laughs> uh, you know, $7,000 massage chair. Oh, yeah. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. That, you know. Now, this was, is not, was, this ain't no $7,000. Oh, no, well, no, but that was a, that's a, that's a professional massage chair. Exactly. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I was, I was really looking forward to that. <laughs> I like it. All right. We, we've talked long enough about this. Let's, uh, let's jump into actual football topics. Uh, we will start off with the Notre Dame athletic director, Jack Swarbrick. He uh, talked to Sports Illustrated, and I think Pat Forty was the uh, the main guy. Yeah, it was Pat Forty. So the the article that I've got pulled up is from Zach Barnett, and it basically just summarizes this thing over at Football Scoop. Uh, but it says he sees a great split coming in college athletics. Major college sports will not split into fourths, Notre Dame's AD predicts, but into two distinct types of college football programs. And he goes through, basically, and says that, uh, you know, this thing is, is going to be interesting. 
This is basically we've got the Big Ten and the SEC. It's stuff that we have talked about. Uh, but when the when the football administrators are actually saying this, that's when it begins to be a little bit more real. Uh, he said there's always been sort of a spectrum, and I want to stress that everything along the spectrum is valid. It's not a criticism. He said on one end of it, you license the school name and run an independent business that's engaged in sports. On the other end of the spectrum, you're integrated into the university in terms of decision-making and requirements, and some follow that. Uh, he said, I think both can produce great athletic competition, but it's really hard to get there given the contractual obligations that already exist. And I, I see where he's coming from with this, right? Like, I, I, I do think it's we are going to have that. He said, uh, he said in this, basically, you're going to have many NFL, many NBA and athletes are just athletes. If they want to attend class, they can. If they don't want to, that's fine, too. Like, they're going to receive a salary probably under a, a CBA, uh, a collective bargaining agreement. And he said, basically, the, the surprising thing to me was that Notre Dame is going to remain in the future NCAA and not the mini NFL. He said, you're going to have these two conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC, uh, that have so distanced themselves from anyone else financially, which, by the way, the number is estimated at this point, and I forget where I read this, but by 2026, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be bringing in $50 million more per school than the next closest conference. Like, it's going to be astronomical, the division between these leagues. So there is no Power Five anymore. You and I have said this. There's a Power Two. But I'm curious your thought on this when it comes to Notre Dame. Uh, Swarbrick is saying that Notre Dame will not be a part of uh, this mini NFL. But, you know, we talked last week about Brian Kelly maybe maybe leaking a little early that Swarbrick and, uh, what's the guy's name, Father Jack, is that at the, the school president or the chancellor? Um, they're probably going to retire within two years. Do you think that Notre Dame under different leadership would be more likely to be one of these mini NFL schools or... Uh, one of these that actually puts academics into it. All right. So, um, tough question. And, and the reason I say that is, is normally my initial response would be, who the hell does this guy think he's – because I, I don't believe he's going to be the decision-maker for this for Notre Dame. Right. Okay. Like, it's easy for him to say, you know, Notre Dame's not going to be a part of this. But – but I don't believe he's going to have the decision. That's, there I, is I, a part of me agree. that he he knows the people that run Notre Dame well enough, though, to, to know he probably knows which way they're leaning and what they value uh, over everyone else. So, so, so I give him a little bit of of, of credit there um, that I normally you know wouldn't wouldn't give to someone because Notre Dame's a unique place. Um, I think he's dead on. I think he's 100% right. I think that's absolutely going to happen. Um, me and you talked about it. We didn't know yeah. when, but but there's just too much of a separation between everyone else. Now, I think he's got some things blown out for him. I don't think we're ever going to get to a day where uh, they are just employees and um, that, that they're going to make collectively bargained salaries. And I don't think that we're going to get to a point where academics will be nothing. Like, you're just an employee of the school, and and you show up and you go to work, but you don't have to take classes. 
Like, it's not part of it. I don't think we're actually going to ever get to that point. I don't. Hey, you might be right about that. We, we I, might I think that's fear-mongering. I think people yeah. who say that stuff is just trying to stir things up. Even if we did, uh, I think at that point you have to look at maybe splitting up conferences, right? Because I don't know that every school in the SEC would want to do that. Uh, and I'm mainly looking at Vanderbilt, but you can look at some of the other ones as well. Uh, and I don't even know who to name or, or what fan base I might piss off by saying somebody's name. Uh, but it would be the same thing with the Big Ten. I don't. We know that the Big Ten is going to be bringing in money, but do you think that Michigan would ever split up academics no. and their athletics? No. And, and, and here's the thing. Because of that, Michigan's not going to allow anybody else to do Like, Northwestern's not going to do that. Like, like, there's just too many schools and so many conferences for it to get to that point. Now, will they agree to remove themselves from the NCAA and, and, and you know, and, and want to go more towards, uh, you know, a football-centric, you know, university? Yeah, I could see that. I can absolutely see that. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that, by the way. I'd like to be on record as saying, I think that's a good thing, not a bad thing. But the idea that these guys are ever going to get collectively bargained salaries is just not going to happen. Because we live in a world where everybody wants everything to be the fairest it could possibly be. But we're just never going to get that, okay? We're just not going to get it. Um, There's always going to be something for for people to complain about that uh, needs to be redone, etc. But I just don't know that this is one of those things that has to be completely torn down, right? And and here's the problem. Hang on. We, We all acknowledge, universally, not one soul that follows this sport, okay, whether that be basketball or football or, hell, even baseball now, anything about college athletics, that not one soul that covers them, that, that, that can be honest with themselves, will say the NCAA is doing a good job, that they actually serve a purpose that benefits the sport, the schools, the, the kids. They, they, don't, they don't do anything. They don't do anything right. They don't do anything well, and they don't they don't do anything good at all. And nobody thinks they do. Yeah. So, yeah. so why would we why would we be shocked at these schools? Like, why do you take it as I want to leave this group that's horrible at everything they do, but takes a huge chunk of money from us? To, why do we have to? Why do, why does leaving them mean blowing the whole thing up? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on this. Uh, it, it was it was shocking to hear somebody actually talk on the record about it because you've obviously heard the the rumors. Everybody everybody knows where this thing is headed. Uh, yeah. It's just to what level is it is it getting there? Like some people think that the the finish line is much much further down the road, and other others believe that eh, we may already be there. Like with the NIL and everything else, this may be. Uh, the only change that we really get. And and who knows? Who knows what that is? But to have Jack Swarbrick, who is uh, one of the, you know, the founding, uh, not founding, what's, uh, what's a good word? One of the aged ADs yeah. that has been around the I mean, block, just, right? Like, yeah, and he's been Notre Dame. Not just, yeah. not, like, this ain't just some little old school that don't matter. Okay, Notre Dame matters in the grand scheme of college football. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I think, and I think it would be a shame if Notre Dame did not join the the group that leaves the NCAA. Um, I do think that would be a sad day for college athletics. I do as well. 
Now, it, him saying that, you know, leaving the NCAA, I, I think what he was really trying to get at was we're going to have a, a separation between uh, Division One, right? I think at FBS football, which is currently uh, this season, will be 131 schools because they added James Madison. Uh, soon it will be like 134. When they do that, uh, you know, I think eventually we're going to get to a point where you've got 40 teams, it, and it may just be those Power 5, quote-unquote, schools. It may be those Power 5 schools separated from the G5, and that may just be the the even split. So who knows? But I think that that's what he was really trying to get at, is there are going to be schools that care way more about football, and we already know what that division is, right? We already see that split uh, every weekend. But the question came in of, okay, well, what does it look like? Does it look like... Uh, we still have those non-conference games between Georgia Southern and USC, you know, to, to toss in a, a Clay Helton reference there. <laughs> I mean, do we have non-conference games, or is it those 40 teams or those 60 teams or whatever it is that really care more about football, do they only play each other? Like, that's I think that's where this thing was, was meant to be headed, and they just had him on the record, and he just blurted out a whole lot of stuff. Right, so it's yeah. we're we're trying to figure out exactly what he was saying with it, but he's he's saying exactly what we've been talking about for well over a year now. Is there are there are schools that care more about football than others, and eventually they will split because the rules yeah. should not be the same for Georgia Southern and for LSU and Alabama and, and Notre Dame, really. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Speaking of one of those schools, we'll change topics right here. Speaking of one of those schools that uh, cares a little more about football than some of the others, Oklahoma, their spring game on Saturday, they drew 75,360 people for Brent Venables' first spring game. Now, Josh Pate uh, over at 247 talked about this on his show on Sunday night, and I agree with everything that he said. For the most part... Spring football attendance does not matter. There's nothing about it that, that really draws in eyeballs or anything like that. But what does draw eyeballs is when a fan base is completely united and recruits see it. That's one thing that you as a fan can do to help change the projection of a new coaching staff. Show that you are really fully behind them, etc., and it will help just a slight bit at the very beginning of a recruiting class, et cetera, right? Something like that can show that there is momentum, there is belief, there is hype in the program, and I thought it was awesome. Did you see the pictures from Oklahoma Spring Game? Yeah, but I don't care. I know you don't. I know you don't. Like, I think like the, it's a spring game. Exactly, exactly. But the fact that they did sell it out, it was it was a pretty big deal. Hang on, hang on. Your, logic, your logic doesn't make any sense, Gary, because while – while I believe what you're saying is true about Oklahoma, Nebraska has done the exact same thing the last couple of years, and ain't nobody in that building supportive of the coaching staff. But they love the team, they love the school, and it's tradition, so damn it, we're going to do it. I, okay, I see where you're coming so from. I don't, so I That's... don't agree that just because you're all showing up for this new coach means you're in and you support it, which, A, they do, but what are you supposed to do? If he starts off the year going six and six, then then they ain't gonna support him no more. Well, no, they so definitely won't. So it doesn't won't. matter what happened on the spring game. 
there's not a single coach that, team that hired a new coach this year that isn't a hundred percent all in on their coach. Hey, you might be right about that. Uh, I will say this about Nebraska. Uh, yes, they've been doing this forever. They drew 54,000 to their spring game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but even still, it does show, and it helps get guys in out of the transfer portal, etc. It helps people take the job that maybe wouldn't going forward. Stuff like that does make a difference. Uh, but I will say uh, this, as, uh, aside, aside from the attendance and everything else, I think the biggest thing that happened with it was actually Barry Switzer announcing that he is leading Oklahoma's NIL efforts with plans to pay every Sooner football player. They have created a new collective. And it has designs, as you can see on the screen for anybody that's watching, it has designs on paying every Sooner football player at least $40,000 per year. Now, this is something that can certainly make a big difference. Uh you know, they had Baker Mayfield back in town. They did all these different things. It was just a, a fun weekend to be an Oklahoma fan, I would imagine. But along with that, you finally get a collective at Oklahoma. And we're seeing these pop up just about everywhere, right? Tennessee's yeah. collective is already paid. If you're going to be a yeah. major program, you have, you have to, do to this. have this now. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, so the fact that Oklahoma has gotten theirs put together, and it's not just a collective that is, you know, hey, we, we've got a collective now. That's all that they announce, for the most part. And then you see something come out about uh, the quarterback, Nico uh, Iamalavea, or whatever it is, getting an $8 million contract. Uh, you see that, and you're like, oh, man, all right, there's a lot of money here. But when you see Switzer come in with his collective that's talking about paying every player at least $40,000, that's a pretty big deal. Now, that can help change yeah. some recruiting efforts. So. Uh, what were what were your thoughts on that one? It's like forty to fifty k right, per so, player. So here, all right. So we dis we disagree again. Um, all this does is is mean you got a lot of walk ons taking some money. Every scholarship kid out there is going to be able to get something close to forty grand. Okay, if if you're a four star guy being recruited, highly recruited, you're you're in the level of being able to make you some money. Okay, you're not um, wrong. You're and, not wrong. And, and I think all these guys are getting well more than 40 grand, okay, across the four years. You're basically – because I don't think this is 40 grand a year. I think it's just 40 grand. So it's $10,000 a year, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what we're talking about is all your walk-ons. So, all right, you you might be able – and this – hang on. This might be what Notre Dame – or not Notre Dame. Uh, Oklahoma needs. Because we've talked about some of these schools that have struggled to where they can hang with 22, but they can't hang with 56. Exactly. They can't hang with 70 um, in, in the amount of players on the team. If this helps them do that, that's great. The, the issue is, is I don't I don't think this is going to help them do that for, for legit guys that are going to be starters. Uh, I think this will make their coaches – I think this. I think it will make teams that do something like this incredibly deep incredibly deep but you know if your starters aren't equal to the starters behind them then you know across the field from them then 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 that depth won't matter a lot yeah i don't know that this necessarily adds anything that we didn't already expect out of oklahoma i think what this does is it makes it where they continue to meet those certain expectations that we have for the program i'll right? say this though i also think this is a good thing like, we do have – we're living in the world, which 
if you look at the NFL, if you look at the professional world, it's this way anyway, right? We're yeah. like, you know, somebody on the team makes $30 million and somebody on the team makes $1.2 million, right? Like, like the payroll discrepancy is a thing across the board. Like, yes. only if you work for a government agency is your payroll set by somebody else. And, and it doesn't matter how good or bad you are at your job, you all make the same because you work for the government. Yes. Like, so, so every industry in the world has, has these separations of, of gaps and, 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 and talent and money. Um, but, but making the floor 40K, that's a big deal. Like, that will change a lot of walk-on guys' lives. Because there's a lot of guys that probably stay closer to home for walk-on purposes just because they can't afford to, you know, to go away, pay out-of-state tuition, so, so I, I mean, I think even your walk-on guys are going to, you are going to, you are going to have depth, and and then your practices are going to be far more competitive because you're going to have real, real talent. Now, those guys have to decide: Do I want to walk on at Oklahoma, knowing there's a chance I'll probably never get a chance to play, or do I go take a scholarship at a at a smaller school? Yeah, you know? and when you've got a scholarship, do I turn down an FCS? Yeah, do I turn down an FCS? If you're a scholarship kid, that's fine. But if they're doing this for everybody, now now some of those walk-ons at Oklahoma could be starting at FCS school. They could they go down, not even FCS. They go down to Rice. They could be starters. Oh yeah, you know. I mean that's a, that's what Notre Dame at Notre Dame. That's what Nebraska did uh, in the '80s and '90s. They built such a huge walk-on uh, program that it, it was able to develop kids into being, you know, big-time starters by the time they were juniors and seniors. So you can bring them in as yeah. they walk on and help them develop. You know, redshirt a year, and then by the time they're fifth-year seniors, they are mauling everybody on the offensive line. Uh, a bunch of well, corn-fed and if you can, So, and if you can, and if you can keep them, and you're Brent, Brent Venables, you can keep them. If you're trying to build a tough football team, which you know he is, like that's how you do it. Oh, you got that but right. You 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 get some toughness from these kids, and and that's a big deal because no, it, now it now you you're going to have some juniors and seniors on the team that were never scholarship guys. But they got paid. They showed up. They went to work every day. They went to class every day, and they grinded it out. And by the time they're 23 years old, some hot shot 18 year olds coming in there, and that guy might have a bunch of stars next to his name. But but you've got experience. You you've got a lot of uh, time in the weight room under a meal plan, and and all the benefits of being at a major D1 school, and and you're going to be a lot harder to beat out for your job. Uh, you know, so I agree. I, 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 agree I, I do think I do think that's a good thing for Oklahoma, because um, 40k minimum. Like I said, LSU's got a collective. Every school out there has a collective. If you're if you're getting in on the NIL deal, yeah. If you're getting but serious I don't know about that football, any of them, yeah, yeah. I don't know that any of them have a floor that's 40k. Yeah, I don't. Lot. I don't know about that. I know that there's some elsewhere. You know, Texas has some kind of NIL thing set up for every offensive lineman to get 50k a year uh but yeah. it's not like for the but whole I mean, team that's, uh, that's, miami but that's different yeah like miami you remember that's us talking like, about miami having one yeah. where everybody gets like 50 or 60k uh it's but did they, hang on i remember deal. the miami everybody's gonna be on it i don't remember there being a number to it uh it, it was like a ah uh, maybe you're right i may be misremembering 50, 60K that 60k seems like a lot i don't remember 60k or 50k no i'll I have could to go back and look wrong. that up I could be dead wrong because I don't know. Hmm. I'm just telling you what I remember and what I don't. 
Yeah. No, I, you, I, I you remember Miami right was the first to say we were going to do something for everybody. Like everybody will get something. It might just be like a thousand dollars or something like that. But yeah, every we don't, we don't know what something. it is. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me go ahead and knock out these reads right quick. Uh, go ahead yeah. and remind everybody to head over to the website, winningcureseverything.com, if you would so kindly. Uh, everything that you need to know about us, you can find out over there. And of course, with that, Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast and that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Uh, both of those, you can find the show every single time out. Very easy to do. We're also on Twitch and on Twitter, etc. You can find all that. But uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure and like the video. Hit the notification bell. It's going to let you know when we go live, which we will be doing. Go ahead and remind everybody. On Thursday night, tell you again, Thursday night, April 28th, NFL Draft, first round. We will be coming in a little bit after it begins, uh, around 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, after we've already had a few different picks and whatnot. We're going to let things kind of get going, and then we will ease into it. But, uh, but yeah, it's us and the Westlot Pirate guys. So you can go follow them. Also, uh, you can find it on the website, westlotpirates.com. Along with that, you can find us on Twitter. I am at GaryWCE. Chris is at ChrisBGiannini. And the show is at Winning Cures. Also, I am hosting the BetUS NFL show on Tuesday, April 26th, so make sure and head over there. You can find that stuff over at BetUSTV.com. We are going over NFL draft and whatnot on the BetUS NFL show as well. So, next up on the board, we have got Fox has purchased uh, an additional stake in the Big Ten. Now, this is kind of a big deal. article over at awful announcing says with rock or with fox reaching an extension with the big 10 what happens now for espn and other possible right suitors now this is something that we've been talking about for quite some time about all of the different uh ways that the big 10 contract could go right because they were the next one up but now john orand over at sports business journal dropped a bomb that basically said uh Fox has purchased 61% of the Big Ten and their media rights and whatnot going through now. Uh, they, they, of course, included an extension in this. I believe it was through 2031. So now the Fox thing is set. Uh, so what ends up coming after that, I'm not really sure. Fox already owns, uh, uh, he they own the majority of the Big Ten network and all that. So it's it, it makes sense that Fox would be in there. And this is just another example of why the Big Ten is not going to sign off on anything as far as playoff expansion until they can get Fox in as a part of that deal. Uh, They are tied at the hip to Fox, and the SEC is tied at the hip to ESPN. So unless you get both of those included in an ESPN or an NFL, uh, not NFL, in a college football playoff, that's what I'm looking for, uh, you're not going to have anything else happen as far as college football expansion until this thing goes to open market. Were you surprised at all, Chris, that they ended up, you know, going ahead and and maybe extending this thing out and giving Fox an even bigger piece of the pie? Oh no, because Fox offered him a bunch of money. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I mean, it, you know, they they're getting paid what they think it's worth, and uh, I don't I don't blame them. And also, I do think there's a what this does is this definitively lets ESPN know the the and if you're Fox, this is why you had to do it. By the way, this lets ESPN know where you're 
you're not going to own the playoffs the way you own the playoffs. So, like, if you want Big Ten to be a part of it, you're going to have to have a relationship with Fox, and we're going to have to open this thing up. And you want to expand the playoffs to make more money, and the sport wants to expand the playoffs to make more money, you, you're going to have to give something. And I think that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, no, nothing wrong with that at all. I think uh, another surprising part about this was – you know, you do have media consultants that typically work with these leagues on stuff like this. But uh, but in this situation, like, the Big Ten did not bring in any kind of consultant, anything like that, and they are actually letting Fox help consult them. They've got two guys from Fox, and I forget what their names are, that are actually helping consult them in whatever the next piece of this deal is, whether that's with ESPN Apple TV, Amazon, CBS, whoever, uh, Fox is going to be a part of those negotiations, which I found very strange. So I, think that is, I think that is strange. Now, yes. that part is strange because Fox is not going to consult them or advise them to do anything that's not in the best interest of Fox, which right. means you might be taking a deal that's not in your best interest, being the Big Ten. That's not wise. That's not smart. Yeah, it's it's very strange um, because I don't know what it means. Like, money is one thing, right? Yep. Uh, and there's a lot in in this article over at Awful Announcing about the idea that Amazon and Apple could pay more than you know some of these legacy networks. But if you don't build that fan base, how how much is it going to hurt you? Uh, going into the future, right? We we believe that these schools are already set, right? Like USC, we would have well, yeah, never imagined that USC would ever have a problem getting any kind of TV deal with the Pac-12 or whatever else. But you see, after years and years of not being uh, seen by a, a lot of the country, it definitely hurts them going forward. So with Apple TV or Amazon or something like that coming in, if people cannot find your games... It, does the casual fan kind of lose interest in your program? Like, that's what I'm really curious about is what do they end up doing with that? The SEC years ago saw the value in being on CBS every Saturday. Yeah. And and the Big Ten is doing the same thing with Fox. Like, they understand the value of being on Fox, network television. Uh, what is the other half of the Big Ten uh, going to do here? Like, are they going to do just, hey, we're on Fox, so we can do something crazy with the other part, like go to Apple TV that's where it could get kind of tricky and Fox be like, hey, get as much money out of this section of the deal. Because, again, <laughs> this part of the contract is only going to go through, like, 2030 or 2031 or whatever, and that's still five years before the ACC's deal is up. So maybe just take a big chunk of cash at first, and then maybe you go back to the legacy networks and see what the landscape is like in 2030. So you kind of feel like that would be a solution here? Uh, I mean, that's a solution, so... I, I, I just, like I said, I find it strange. I just find it strange. I mean, I don't have an answer, but I mean, no, no, you're you know, right. I don't know what they're going to do. But I also don't know what TV's going to look like then. So, you know. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is like maybe get the cash while you can and then uh, you figure out the landscape after that. Like, I'd, but again, like how much does it hurt you in the meantime and how long would uh, would those streaming companies want that, that contract to be? Like, I, I don't know. The, the MLB Well, they stuff, haven't married themselves like, into any streaming companies yet, so you don't have to worry about that. You don't care. Well, it's, hey, actually, this this takes me into a, a new topic, which uh, 
it, it's part of the streaming situation. Let's talk about Amazon, and they want the NFL Black Friday game. Now, they've been talking about this for, I mean, a long time now. A very, very long time. But, again, an article here. A Black Friday NFL game on Amazon is reportedly now going to happen by next year at the latest. And this is per Peter King over at NBC Sports. Uh, Amazon is bidding between 70 and $100 million for this game. It's a standalone game. Tell me, I'm curious your thoughts here. Do we need an NFL game on, on Black Friday? Hell yeah. Why don't we? <laughs> it's a day where everybody's sitting on home, okay? And college football is not giving you all the product that they could give you. That's okay? true. So, so if you're the NFL, of course, you don't give a shit about college football anyway. Oh, yeah. You, you, you know, you're going you're gonna to put whatever product you want out there. Yeah, you take whatever you, you want. And uh, and so no no yeah why why would you not go after it why would you not go do it that, that would be foolish it, not do it it does make sense I'm curious if they move it's, maybe it's a day where everybody it's a day where everybody's sitting at home and and you have no NFL games on go get that money go yeah get I think those it's, games. go get that market share I think it's pretty obvious why Amazon would be bidding so much for the game uh, because they want everybody to see their name all over the place on Black Friday when they are. Everybody's supposed to be cyber shopping and whatnot, right? Like that yep. is that's the spot. Go ahead, and knock out that Black Friday game, and and everybody buy Amazon stuff while you're sitting here watching the game. Like, <laughs> well, or get ready and start advertising Cyber Monday deals. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it too. So I'm so you know you go ahead and start putting stuff in your Amazon cart, and then come Monday, and if I if I was if I had to to guess what Amazon's probably going to do is is they'll just do away with the Cyber Monday deals and they'll just have Black Friday deals, just like everybody else did. Probably so. Probably so. I'm uh, I'm curious on this. Do like Does the NFL end up taking the... Do they take one of the games away from Thursday, like from Thanksgiving, and just move it over to Black Friday, or do they take one of the Sunday games? No, take a Sunday game. You already have so many damn Monday, uh, Sunday morning games. Those one o'clock games, they end up with like nine games at one time. Like yeah. the best thing the NFL could do is always make that one o'clock play a little bit smaller. Because at no time is somebody going to say, oh, there's no good games on. I'm not watching. No. Sunday morning comes around. Sunday afternoon comes around. We're all watching. And, and you still got your London games and stuff like that for like early Sunday morning. So there are. The NFL is quickly turning into college football with all the different time windows that they can end up filling. Uh, this it, it could be interesting. I, I think uh, I think having a Black Friday game could be cool. Like I just sit and watch this on the iPad while uh while Arkansas and Missouri on or whatever, <laughs> or Nebraska and Iowa, which is always a, a Black Friday game on ABC. So yeah, this this could be interesting. I mean, what, are, interesting. what are the chances that if they got one game, what are the chances that it's the same time? It's like if you're not. college football and you have a premier game. And you see what time slot the NFL goes to? You just move your game. If the NFL is going to do prime time, then then that's you know five six o'clock in the evening. Then then you've got from noon until five or six o'clock to play your damn game. You think it's that's the that best hard. time on Black Friday? Would it be prime time or would it be like middle of the day? Uh, I, I would have no idea. I mean, I'm going to be sitting on my ass doing you know. I'm not going shopping. <laughs> I guess if you want the most people, you want it to be like. Maybe mid-afternoon, 
Like maybe we have like a, a six p.m. a two thirty three o'clock game. Yeah, that, and that might be it. But but here's the thing: if so, if your college football do not make your schedule. See, this is why they need a czar to make rules. Do not make your schedule until you see what time the NFL game is, because you don't want to program against them directly. True. If you don't have to, and if you've got three marquee games on, and there are three to four time slots that you could put your games on, then make sure you don't pick one where the NFL is on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I am with you. Uh, Let's move off of that one. Let's go ahead and jump into another topic here and write my time down. It is officially transfer week in college football. Now, you asked me this question before we actually went live. Uh, You said, what what in the world is is going on here? Like, what, what is transfer week? And I will explain, because there are a lot of people that do not understand what's going on. There is a time period after spring practice and before May 1st. May 1st is the transfer deadline. Your name has to be in the portal if you want to transfer and be eligible for the fall football season. We are going to have so many kids transfer out we've already had multiple that have been added just since i last updated this thing i think we're at 22 for today that have already put their name in the transfer portal and there will be more at the end of the evening there's going to be more on tuesday wednesday as as we get more information etc this entire week is going to be full of kids that are transferring out and uh and for those that are watching you can see it on the screen it's over at 247 sports in their transfer portal section uh, but there were already a ton of kids in there anyway. But you can see going back to uh, on Friday and all that, after all of these kids get done with their uh, with their spring practice, they're tossing their name out there. So there are still some really good players that will be available that can help with depth, that can help with all kinds of different things. You can still find some star guys out in the portal. Uh, this is going to be a huge week for a lot of programs. I mean, just a lot of programs. Uh, do you think that we still... What What are your thoughts on all the different people that have come out lately? And Hugh Freeze is the latest one that is talking about, hey, we need windows. We need some kind of regulation as far as transfer goes. And we've already got this one. We've got May 1st. But do you think that we do need some kind of... Uh, Maybe one that you can't transfer after, you know, January until we get into April or something like that so that you know what your depth looks like, so that you know what the situation is uh, if you are a college head coach. Because we did have multiple schools that didn't have enough offensive linemen, Texas being one of them, to even field a real spring game. Uh, other places like a defensive line, linebackers, et cetera, like you you don't have enough guys. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on – on this situation? So I normally uh, am not a big regulation guy because I don't trust people who make rules for the most part. But makes this makes sense, right? Like, I'm not, I, like, as long as you ask for things that are reasonable, then I am going to be very accommodating to you. Okay. And I believe that this is a reasonable request. I don't have any problems with it, I don't have any issues with it. This is one of those situations where. If you said between February um, and, and April, you cannot enter the transfer portal. If you're not in the transfer portal by February, or, or wait, sorry, 
if you're not in the transfer yeah. portal in yeah. January, then you you can't you know you can't transfer without penalty. Well, I'd say February because yeah. you got to wait until the national championship's over. We have a national championship. But if you want to transfer, like, but you play on the national championship game. Yeah, but that I mean, you've still got three weeks. I mean, the, the national championship game is played like January okay, right, 10th, 11th, So we're 12th, saying right? the same thing. Yeah, I'm saying what February starts. Yes. You're saying January in January. Well, well, January you know 14th is is still in January. Yes. So yes. All right. So once February starts, you have to be in the transfer portal or not. Exactly. And and then you don't get another shot to jump in it until you know April or whatever. And and if you're not in it by certain time, you can jump in. You just can't play the following year. And there is no, you know, mama sick and I want to play close to the home. Can I get an exemption? No. You you had all these times to, to do it. So you either do it in the window or you just don't get to play that one year. Yeah. Because I, I just don't want to get to a point where we're making exceptions for certain people all the time. And I also don't want to make the windows so like tight on kids that they have to make a pretty major life changing decision and and like on a whim. You know what I'm saying? Oh, agreed, agreed. So, so I, I don't have I you. don't have a problem with them giving it a window. I, I think it's a reasonable request, pending what the window is. Yeah, it's it, so long as it's not. Hey, you've got. It's kind of like a signing day, right? Uh, in and these early signing day, that they don't get a they don't get a break. Because oh oh I'm constantly recruiting because because I don't know what my team's gonna always look like I, I'm really sorry that these monster you know seven and eight figure jobs are hard all right that that we actually make you work your ass off for your your monster you know seven to eight figure job I, I apologize that you don't get to take months off to to, to go to 30A and and hang out with the family I, I'm so sorry try me a river I don't care. Don't give a shit. No, I, I, I'm with you. It does make sense. Your problems uh, aren't real problems. But the anybody but the problem, who cares about them should shut up. The problem of the roster and making sure that you have enough players to fill a certain position, uh, that one's a little bit of a different situation. So yes, having some I mean, kind of regulation in there is not a bad thing. Uh, it it just makes it to where you have to put some thought into it before you actually transfer, right? Like it. I, yes. But so my issue with some of that is, is some of that's got to be on that damn coach staff, oh, right? Yes, yes. Like if you don't have a relationship with enough offensive linemen on your team, or you know there's enough that are disgruntled and you're not bringing more in, that's on you, man. That is. Yeah. On, at what point in time is this on Texas for not being prepared? Well, there's there's all and they they did have some guys out with injuries and this and that, and they've got like six guys that are enrolling over the summer, uh, but they weren't here for spring ball, so it's. Like, there's a whole list of different things. But, again, like, it, it, there's two sides to everything, right? But hang on. This coaching staff was the coaching staff that was there last year, right? It's not like right. new coaching staff, new turnover, and so we lost a bunch of guys. This ain't Oklahoma. You know, this ain't LSU. This ain't, you know, Notre Dame. This ain't one of them things. So, oh, but it's still, so like, no reason, heading into the second no year. There's no reason for you to, you to not be prepared and not have enough guys on your spring practice. <clears throat> There's just no reason for that. That's on the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not disagreeing here. I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, this will take us into, by the way, uh, since we've already been at this for 45 minutes, I do want to change topics. I am ready to discuss a little bit of the NFL draft before we talk about it on Thursday's live show. Now, I'm curious 
exactly what you, my friend, are most interested in in the NFL draft on Thursday night? Is it, you know, what are the quarterbacks going to look like? What is the interest level in the quarterbacks? Uh, is it the fact that we've now got four guys, really, that could reasonably go number one overall? Uh, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on what we will be looking forward to on Thursday. Uh, the first thing that I'm excited about and looking forward to is the draft being in Las Vegas and the type of show that Vegas is able to put on with the draft and all that goes on with it. Um, the city I love, it is the city that puts on a show better than any place on the planet, in my eyes. And uh, and, I, and I'm just really curious to see how, how they do it, what it looks like. So that has nothing to do with the team. As I do with the players, that is the city of Las Vegas is the star this night, and and I and I am real excited to see uh, uh, how that goes. Yeah, I, I'm with you. the uh, The thing is going to be set up at the Bellagio. Bellagio. Uh, I saw them building the ramp. It's going to be in the damn fountain. Yeah, I, that's what I'm curious about. Is how exactly do they make this happen? Uh, and I'm actually pulling it up now on the screen so that people can see it. They, they were building they were building ramps this weekend so the players can walk out there and to build a stage in the fountain. I mean that is it's cool. Like it's really cool. Pretty it's pretty incredible looking. So I don't know how it's gonna turn out. I don't know whatever concept I'm a big fan of. It, it's it's a, a little strange. That's a city that I trust to to, to, to put on a show right. Well, yes, I mean, absolutely. Las Vegas knows what they're doing. It's strange to have it set up to where you can't have, like, anybody in front. Like, there's a it's, – it's a little it's a little weird the way that they did it. They're going to have to shut down the strip and everything, of course. But um, but it's just weird to have water in front so that the, the audience is so far away from the stage. Uh, uh, I don't think water is going to be in front. Uh, no, I'm, I mean, I've got the picture pulled up. It's like – Oh, do they have it done? I just saw them building it. I thought they were building it and water was going to be behind them. No, no. I mean, water's behind them, but it's also in front of them as well. So, I mean, unless they're going to have people out, like, on on canoes and stuff, <laughs> little paddle boats, uh, I don't know how they're going to have people in front of the uh, the stage. Like, it's it's a little strange. So, uh, but, uh, I mean, they, they could build out that platform. They could just, I mean, who knows? These are kind of early pictures before Thursday. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm curious. Uh, so so the show part, yes, absolutely. Uh, I know that you are very interested in that. Yeah. Now, aside from that, is there any one team in particular that you are curious what they end up doing with their pick, et cetera? Oh, I mean, not really. I don't care about any NFL team and what they and what they do. Uh, you know, neither of the the teams that I really love uh, are you know picking early or have a, a glaring hole. I mean, so, yeah, like, I'm, I'm very curious to still take another swing at wide receiver. Like, I, you know, I, that intrigues me a little bit. Um, it's, it's like the one kryptonite for this damn guy. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it, he's been bad at that. Player-wise, I'm interested in the quarterbacks. I've told you before, um, everyone shits on this quarterback class, and I just don't understand that. I think Matt Corral is unbelievable. I think he's going to be a fantastic pro, and I like Dustin Ritter a lot. I just don't know why everyone's shitting on this class. Um, I, I can't tell you. I tell you this. 
right now, I believe I like Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter today more than I ever liked Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, like all these guys. And it's easy in hindsight to see them. But you and I talked about those drafts before they happened. And I wasn't a fan of any. The only quarterback – now, I would have I would have missed on Josh Allen because I wasn't in on him. The only quarterback that I loved from that draft, and I told you, gave me the number one overall pick, I would have taken Lamar Jackson. I really believe he was that much better than all the rest of them. And I'm going to tell you, outside of Josh, uh, uh, Josh Allen, I, I was right on that, by the way. I was, yeah. a, I was a million percent right about that. So, um, you know, I, I would take the, the prospect of Corral and Ritter over these guys. I don't hate Malik Willis. Um, man, somebody said some shit about Willis that got leaked out this weekend. I am trying to remember who it was. They basically said he's not a quarterback. Oh, somebody from the Steelers, wasn't it? They said oh, he no doesn't idea. play quarterback. Oh, go look this up. You got to look this up. This is your organization, I believe. There's some scout from the Steelers. Got him. My, my brain is not good right now, so that could be completely wrong. Somebody said that Desmond Ritter – or not Desmond Ritter – that Malik Willis is not a quarterback. He is just a running back, and anybody who drafts him to be their quarterback will be a failure. It was something to that extreme, and I thought, holy shit. That, like, you got some – like, I say crazy shit like that, and I really believe it when I believe it about a player. I, there are many people in the NFL – that work for organizations that actually tell you what they think. They all hide their feet. I so I, I googled Malik Willis not a quarterback, uh, but I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing anything. It on it was on the Twitter. Uh, Danny, look up. Oh, shit, maybe Danny Heifetz is one of the ringer guys. I thought retweeted it or commented about it. Mm. I'm sorry. I know this is like terrible radio. No, no, it's okay. What, who, but, who, who am I looking I, for? Like. I don't think Danny Heifetz, I couldn't say you have to spell his name out there. It starts with an H. I don't know. Uh, he's, he's on the ringer, but that doesn't help you much. Let's see. Malik Willis. They got, they got like nine Dannys that work for the ringer. Um, I'm almost positive he retweeted it with a with a comment that was pretty, like, shocking for it. I'm driving right now, or else I would, I would have done it. I... I'm not seeing. We may have to talk about this on Thursday night. Maybe. All right, I got Danny pulled up here real quick. I'm about to. <laughs> maybe. Do, maybe do, you can do it. Yeah. Re- retweet it and you can read it. Um. Anyway, this is terrible radio. Go on and talk it's, about what you want, and then we'll we'll go from there. What do you think? Because I I told you what I think I, I like the quarterback. And yeah, I think the, I think the quarterbacks are fine. Selfishly, I only the only player I care about seeing where he lands is 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 single. That's that's the list. That's my guy. My guy at the top of the draft, and and I think he should be taking number one overall. So there we go. Yeah, I I'm I'm kind of I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, the Trayvon Walker stuff has been very curious. Um, the the fact that. Like, I, I don't think we're going to get a lot of quarterback run. I think we're going to get a huge wide receiver run, uh, especially late in the first round, because I don't expect any of these guys to be, like, great early. But I do think it's going to be, like, Jamison Williams. I, I, I'll tell you I'll tell you, bet uh, before tomorrow, I think we're going to have over five and a half wide receivers taken in the first round. So, I don't Oh, I don't in think the first round? Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think, think that's crazy. The wide receiver I'm most curious to see where he goes is Burks because that's the dude I've loved all year. Like oh, I yeah. watched that guy wreck the SEC, and and as as much as I love KJ, I don't know if he's that good of a quarterback. And I I think he did it with a mediocre quarterback. I think he carried that offense, and and I, I'm very excited to see where he lands. Yeah, yeah, I I would love to see that. Uh, I, I, well, just wherever he ends up going, that's what I'd like to see. Is I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, he's, he's the he's the one star player that's not in my eye like that. I'm not connected to that. I don't have any bias towards. Uh, I'm I'm so the Burks thing. I think he would fit in really well with the Packers, but I'm curious whether or not he ends up dropping that far. I, I think, mean, he's fitting anywhere, Gary. He's a monster receiver that can go up and get it. Yeah, no, you you're right about that. So there, so the there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot uh, when it comes to this. Uh, I'm just I'm so all of it is is so interesting, just so interesting. I'm uh I think this is gonna be the most wide open NFL draft that we've had in a very very oh. long time. Anybody who thinks that they they have uh, uh draft this one even close to right, I think they're fooling themselves. I just think they're all crazy. Uh, th- yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And you've got a couple of pieces. I think Baker could be traded, which means somebody could be moving draft pick. Maybe not first-round pick. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think there's absolutely a chance that Debo Samuel is going to get dealt the, the Thursday. Because yeah. did, did you see the pictures of Debo like at a club and somebody had a yeah. sign-up that was like, Debo say it. Debo was like, like with the throat cut, like, nope. No, nope, bro. Not happening. Yeah, I saw it. Just unreal. So, yeah, I could see it Thursday night because somebody, I would imagine San Francisco would want a first-round pick this year if yeah. they were going to They're going to uh, want trade. one this year because they don't have one. And they're going to need one this year if you want Debo. It's going to be interesting. Very, very I'm, interesting. I'm excited to see that. That'll be the biggest uh, splash of the whole of the whole weekend. That'll, that will own the night. It won't be a draft pick. It will be a trade for Debo. Yeah. No, I think you're right. That'll be the biggest move of the entire of the entire weekend. So let's uh, let's close out with this. Uh, we'll move into a little boxing here. Did you see good old Tyson Fury on Saturday, where he knocked yep. out Dylan White? Uh, so I am very anti bootlegging these things, but I wasn't about to pay seventy dollars for a fight that happened at two p.m. in the afternoon. It's so I'm weird. just not I'm just not boozed up enough for you to for you to swindle me out of my seventy dollars. <laughs> And so I sat back, I waited an hour, I checked Twitter, and you get the whole fight in like six seconds. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, I nine, love that man. I they, love they have that taken man. down all the uh, the KO videos and whatnot. Uh, everything that you know that you could see on on Twitter, they uh, they took that stuff down. So, but it it takes a while right. for them to take it down. So you got to see the whole thing all before right. they you know. But uh, I found I found the thing, man. I, I'm breaking the law right now, so nobody nobody caught a buzz on me. Okay, <laughs> it was Pete Prisco who said it. Pete Prisco says Malik Willis in the quarterback looks a lot like a running back. And there's a bunch of people that are talking about how his comments were insensitive. I don't gotcha. I don't know that I'm calling him insensitive. I just think he's wrong. Like, yeah. I watched this guy play quarterback because me and you, over the last couple of years, watched a lot of Liberty games. We bet on a lot of Liberty games. Yeah. And that man can sling it. Yeah, but they no, he's... said the same shit about Lamar. Lamar's only a running back, not a quarterback. 100%. Bullshit. We we talked about whether or not it was racist to uh, to have him uh, like run and and actually do yeah. some of these wide receiver drills and stuff like that. Uh, it, it, yep. This is the same situation. 
It's, it's the same no. dude. So Steve Prisco, that's a CBS guy, I believe. Yeah. Not a scout. No, so I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have thrown your, your team under the bus. Hey, it's all good. It, it, all the rumors are right now that if Malik Willis is there at 20, that's who the Steelers are going after. But that's, we'll see. And that's why I thought – that's probably why my brain went it was the Steelers scout that said it. Um, so. Is Prisco a Steelers guy? I don't know. I know. He, I think he's just a beat writer for CBS. I think he just he just covers like, the league. Um, he just covered. To my knowledge, he just covers. Now I don't. I don't watch a whole lot of CBS stuff, so don't hold me that. I used to listen to Pete Prisco on a fantasy football podcast I listened to years ago. Before I realized none of these guys know what the hell they're talking about. It's just a crapshoot. <laughs> Take the guys you like. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. Let's uh, let's finish up with this Tyson Fury thing. So you saw yeah, what you needed to see. Did you see that he... Yeah, I saw him uppercut the shit out of White, and it was... Okay. Yes, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, along with that, he indicated he's basically ready to retire. Uh, he did say in this... Uh, let's see, there's a quote. He said, I've done everything asked White, me. right? Not, 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 not Fury. No, White. Fury. He's talking about retiring. He said, I've done everything asked of me. Uh, He said, I've done more promotion, more interviews than anybody. I go above and beyond with all these shows I fight on, so I definitely deserve to be able to make a choice where I think it benefits me most. I've given 20 years to boxing, amateur and professional. I've had my brains knocked out. I've been put down. I've been rocked. I've been cut. I've had tough fights. I've had draws. I've had wins. I've boxed all over the world. How much blood can you get out of a stone? He's 32-0-1 with 23 KOs, and... And he basically is just like, yeah, I might, I might just be done here. Like now, what's crazy? I'm, like he's doing all of that, but then he also brought Francis Ngannou into the ring, and they're announcing like they're going to do the UFC champ against the WBA WBC champ in a boxing match. But it's not going to be just boxing; it's going to be like uh, some combination of boxing and MMA. Like <laughs> I don't know what to think of this shit anymore. <laughs> Well, retiring from boxing is probably smart. Um, he, he is, and, and that 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 one draw, you know, you know, I I, I did not see that fight as a draw at all. No, like, no, of course not. He did he did get knocked down in the fight, but other than being knocked down, he dominated the shit out of that fight, and he's the only person that's ever gotten up from getting knocked down by Wilder. So I, he did I, I say, did by the way, a, uh, it, just to interrupt draw. you, he did say that uh, he wants. Deontay Wilder to fight for his vacant WBC WBA yeah. belt. Yeah, well, because Wilder belt. Wilder is the best fighter I think he's ever fought. Yeah, if you're, he said, he I think that. he's second best. So whoever wins uh, uh, Anthony Joshua against Ulick uh, uh, or, or whatever, um, whoever wins that fight, he wants them to have to fight Deontay Wilder for the vacant belt. And, I'd love to see Joshua Wilder. I'd love to see that fight. Oh, yeah. Everybody's been talking about it for, what, before we even started this podcast, and that was six years ago. I was just about to say, Gary, it's been a long time we've brought up the, the, the triangle of Wilder, Fury, and and, uh, and, Joshua. and and Johnson. Yeah. Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, uh, I'm excited for him, but I love Tyson Fury. He's the most entertaining fighter that I can remember watching in, in a long, long time. Because we, I mean, we've gone 20 years without having a real heavyweight that knew how to put on a show the way the old greats put on a show. Yes. Okay. We just, they just don't do it. All right. 
this guy was born to be not just a great fighter, but to be a star. I mean, it's just crazy. It's uh, and I, the story is unbelievable as well. But you know, would you watch uh, Ngannou against uh, Fury? I, I would watch Tyson Fury do anything. <laughs> I follow him on all social medias. Every interview he does, every every little shit talking thing from a throne that he has in his house, I, I, I watch them all. I watch he's, them all. He's a bigger version of Conor McGregor. Like, but I think he's uh, better. But I don't. I don't. He's not a dick. I think yeah. that's the difference. I think outside of the ring, I think he's pretty likable. He's I don't, funny. I don't think Connor has a single friend in his life that he doesn't pay for. Now you you might be right. And about I think that. that friend is a yes man because he he's only paid to be there, which means he tells him exactly what he wants to hear. I don't think Connor has a single friend, and that's because Connor's a dick. You're probably he's right. Impossible about that. to be around, and I bet Fury is one of the greatest. I, I bet he's the top ten hang in the on the planet right now. Oh, probably, probably. Yeah. I wish so, I, I wish so there was a very watching. big difference between him and Connor. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't want to be in a room with Connor unless I was in a building watching him fight. Other than that, I I could care less about ever being in his presence at all. That guy's a prick. I think you I think you have a point. I would love to sit and watch the NFL draft with Tyson Fury. <laughs> I would Just I would watch to... anything with that guy. Yeah. No, anything. What, what is he like? That's a lot exactly. of old ball painting. Whatever you're into, man, I'm into. Let's, I'm into. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was thinking about retiring. I missed that because once I saw it's, the fight, I was like, "Oh shit!" Well, I mean, he just man. now in the last few years, like, really got back into the public eye. Really got himself, you know, uh, sober and in shape again, and all that. And yeah, he, dis- he disappeared for a long time. Yeah, and now, of course, he is. Uh, he's undefeated. You know, I, I'm I'm shy, and he's still relatively young. Like that's what I'm I'm so curious about. Uh, Tyson yeah, but Fury. he's taking a beating though, and he understands that. But and uh, you got to remember, he started fighting really young. Oh yeah, no, he, he, he did. Uh, he's 33 years so, old. 33. Yeah, that's crazy. Guy's big as a damn house. It's Ooh. hard to look at that guy and think he's a 20, a 33 year old. Oh, like, I that, agreed. That's really hard to like. That dude looks like he's 45. Oh yeah. I mean, think think about it. With all the drugs and everything, he really went through it. Yeah. So he really went through it. All right. Is there any other topic you want to hit on before we get out of here? Uh, uh, no. Um, I've been watching a lot of baseball as as I do, and uh, I I would love I would pay pay per view money for a Joe Rogan style whoever the most credible person in baseball is to do like a three hour sit-down conversation with Angel Hernandez to figure out how is it possible for you to still want to go to work at a job that you publicly suck at so bad. <laughs> yeah, the, qual- the Kyle like, Schwarber seriously, You can't need was, the money. You're awesome. at an age where you can retire. And then when that conversation is over, I want to bring whoever's in charge of staffing the, the Major League umpires into that same chair and sit his ass down for three hours and grill him on why in the hell do you continue to employ somebody who is publicly so bad at this job? It it is really bad. Like it's I don't know. Obviously, you really only hear criticism of referees. You you really don't get a lot of hey. You know what? He called a good game today. Like you don't get that a ton. But like Hernandez is a whole different deal. Like this he's, is he's, and he's famous for being bad. Yeah. Like he's so bad. Everybody in the world knows his name. 
Like, he's more famous than a large population of actual major league players. It's true. I, like, it's not It's not even close, by the way. Do you think he did that on purpose? I, I just want to know, how do you – How do you, like, don't go home and kill yourself, but just don't go to work anymore. Just, I just retire. It, it, it make everybody's life a little easier. And doing this, and being bad. If I sucked at my job that bad, and my job was public, and every millions of people saw me do my job really shitty every day, at some point in time, I'd say I'm not doing this shit anymore. Yeah, we'll go find figure something, out something else. else. Yeah. Selling insurance can't be that hard. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. Oh, it is. It is. Anyway. It's not even that it's annoying because, well, thankfully, like he hasn't he hasn't umpired more many Red Sox games this year. He, he didn't umpire a few, and they were bad. They were bad. They're bad both ways, which is really shitty. Um, but like, and like that doesn't make up for it. Like that's the argument that a lot of people. Well, he misses calls for both. Yeah, that's not okay. Like, yeah, that actually makes it worse. Real shitty. Like that's yeah, that actually makes it worse. That that <laughs> he's bad both ways. It doesn't even out. I promise you. Um, it, it's just, it's just bad. Um, I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's my, that's my thought process. It, 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 I just, I'm just curious as to why Major League Baseball, just Major League Baseball adhere to the old, uh, philosophy that all publicity is good publicity. And so we're going to put Angel Hernandez games on TV more often just so we can have these conversations because, hey, people are talking about our sport. Like, I just think that's a mistake. But, it, like, but do you I, want people, people talking about the start. meltdown? Like, that's that's the biggest thing. Is ugh. But here's the thing. The players that you're supposed to govern don't respect you, and they no. don't trust you. How, so how can you govern them? I don't think you can. This, this is the problem we got. And here's the thing. So, so he's going to be an umpire, and he's got to put his ass at first base. Why is he behind the home plate? Why, why can't he be a third base umpire? How's that good, not just yeah. the easiest thing in the world to do? Is to put his ass at one of the corners where he can't screw anything up. I think I think you might be on to something. I mean, maybe they do that. Oh. I don't know. We'll have to see what ends up no, happening. They don't, but they don't. They don't. His ass is going to be behind the plate tonight. Oh, God. Somewhere. I don't know where. I don't know what. We'll find out. Wait, we'll tweet bad. it out. We'll tweet it out when it happens. <laughs> he's just he's just real bad. And I know they rotate. He, he will be somewhere else. But he's the crew chief. At some because he's an OC, you got it. At some point in time, you just stop getting to be behind home plate, and somebody has to make that call. At some point in time, we take the keys away from Grandpa. Okay, yeah. that's just what you got to do. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think you're right. Anyway, that's the only thing in sports. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the question. Yeah, I, I I would like I would just like somebody in not a disrespectful manner. Not a, not a, you know I'm not this is not gotcha journalism here. I want to sit you down. I want you to be comfortable, but I'm going to ask you one very difficult question. I'm going to make it clear you're really bad at this. Why do you keep going to work? <laughs> Why have you not made it easy for me to like to where I don't have to fire you? Why don't you just resign? Yeah. Just just retire. Just retire. Yeah. Never resi- retire. Well, yeah, yeah, retire. They, they, yeah. They've got a union. They've got a union. He's got benefits. There's no doubt this guy can retire and get a pension, man. Like, Blows my why mind. have you not chosen that path in life? I don't have a good answer for you. Anyway, it's just <laughs> just wild, man. Just anyway, it really was. And it last was last night, him him screwing up 
that game just made it to a point where I was like, this is, I, I want to know. I want to see this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Anyway. I agree. All right. We can get out of here. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll let you go ahead. I'll wrap this thing up. That's all right. See you, buddy. All right, be good, bud. I'll uh, I'll be talking to you live on Thursday night. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so we're not gonna do a Thursday afternoon show, right? No Thursday afternoon show. We are going live on Thursday evening. All right, I'll be there. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. I'll talk to you all later, right. buddy. Bye. All right, so that is going to wrap this thing up. Ah, what a fun weekend of sports. Of course, it always is. Uh, but yes, the Angel Hernandez stuff. I had a feeling Chris was going to want to talk about that. I didn't know if we wanted to get knee deep into it, but uh, but he did a little bit, and that was good. That was definitely good. So Tyson Fury, all of the uh, the the sports, uh, all the college football talk that we've done today on the business side of things, of regulations and Big Ten and Fox Television, all that kind of stuff. It's always fun. Always fun to talk about. Sports is never ending. Never ending. All right, we are going to get out of here. You guys have been fantastic. We appreciate you watching the show. Again, if you would, make sure and follow and subscribe or whatever on YouTube and on the podcast as well. With that said, I'm going to make this thing easy. You guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.